recognizing and realizing and reminding ourselves through our lives that whatever it is here and whatever it is that we go through here, regardless of what it is, is only temporary and it's not lasting. And we're looking forward to that eternal home with God one day in heaven. And we have to be reminded of that because at times the trials, the tribulations that come our way may seem to be insurmountable at times, but our trust again is through the scriptures that remind us what we have in Christ Jesus. Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, will be over in chapter 15 after a while, but want to look briefly a little bit about what we find in 1 Corinthians. And there is a need for us to be reminded of it at times because, again, these are individuals who face problems and trials the same as we do. They had problems that they faced in the congregation, they faced as individuals that needed to be addressed, and at times they were. But one thing that we need to be reminded as you look at the Corinthian letter is in that first chapter and in verse 2, then 3 and a little bit following. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. As you read the rest of the letter, you need to go back and reread the first part of the letter to remind you as to who it is that Paul is addressing. He's addressing saints. And as you go through, even in the first chapter and going into the second chapter and a little bit into the third chapter, you find out that they were having problems that needed to be addressed. You even get into chapter 5, they have a problem of immorality in the congregation that needed to be addressed. You go into chapter 6, they're going to law with one another. You go into 7 and 8 and they have problems and 9 and 10, and this all the way through, you get in chapter 11, they're having problems. But through it all, Paul addressed them as the church of God, trying to remind them as to who they are. We're human beings, we struggle, we strive. But it's the reminder to us that we are the church of God. And that we have been sanctified. We've been set apart by Christ Jesus. And we're called to be saints. Called to be holy. Called to be set apart to to serve God. To be found pleasing in His sight. The reminder for the Corinthians. It comes down for us today as well of reminding ourselves. We're His. We need to work together. We need to stay together. We need to be those who God has called us to be, his saints. As we get over into chapter 15, starting there in verse 50, reminding them again, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. 
But I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying which is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That reminded to us of remaining steadfast in a world that attacks, where Satan continues to hurl his accusations and his charges and to try to destroy from within those that are God's people. Be immovable, stand fast on the word of God. Do his will, knowing that whatever you do for the Lord is not in vain. At times we may think it is, but whatever I did, for what purpose was it? Didn't accomplish anything or everything that we work for has been destroyed. If you're working for the Lord, it's not in vain. We keep the focus where it needs to be. We're the servants of God. And we're to be found pleasing in His sight to keep those things in our mind, in our mind as we serve Him. To understand that in Christ we have this ultimate victory. And again, you can go back to the first part of chapter 15 and read of the challenge that is there for understanding this Jesus who he is, and what he's done. Of understanding the importance of believing that he is who he said he is, and that he's done what he said he's done. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is important because without his death, his burial, and his resurrection, there is no resurrection for us. There is no hope for us. And if we only hope for Christ in this life, then we're of all men, Paul said, most to be pitied. If you're only living for Christ here, if you're only serving for Christ here, if everything that you're doing is tied up with what you see, you're missing something. You're missing the glory of who God is and the glory of what God has done for us. And we need to understand that through Jesus Christ we have overcome death. Death is swallowed up in victory. That we're living for God, we may suffer the physical death, but we're looking forward to that spiritual resurrection one day. And it's a resurrection, despite what many in the religious world say, that's going to take place in the twinkling of an eye. 
very quick when it takes place. This world will cease to be. And it's a reminder to us, and we struggle with it, or those in the world oftentimes struggle with it. A world that for us seems to be immense. A world for us that seems to be always here and has always been. But we're reminded from Genesis 1-1, it has not been. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So it had a beginning. And it is logical that it will have an end when God so desires that to be the case. And all that we have seen and all that we see will be burned up. And for us to be reminded of that in the life that we live. We're sowing seed for eternity. We're growing in Christ for eternity. We're striving to be faithful to God for eternity. We're looking forward to those things that lie beyond this world. But until then, we live here. And we'll struggle, oftentimes maybe as the Corinthians struggle. Because Satan's always at work. And ours is to work beyond that and to see what it is that he has. We understand that anything that we see has no permanence to it. The physical body, the physical world in which we see. It's hard for us at times again to picture the spiritual body that we, com- that we are composed of. Because we still look with a physical eye. We still draw conclusions with a physical eye about one another and what we see and what we perceive. And we need to be reminded that there's a spiritual body to which we belong. Which Christ is the head. It's that spiritual body of which Paul would remind us in 1 Corinthians 12 down around verse 18. A spiritual body where God has placed us in the body where it pleases him. And at times we need to ponder on that. Now what's our purpose? What's our value? Where do we place? Where do we serve? What's involved in this life that we live? But of understanding whatever it is, God is the one who has placed us in the body. And so we are to to be used and to serve where we are. Trusting again the principle that he gave of the parable of the talents. That if we use what we have been given, it will be multiplied. And as it's multiplied, we may be moved to a different part of the body. We may be moved to a different location where to another spiritual body of God someplace else. We see that happen all the time. It continues to take place. But as it's our reminder to us that ours is a temporary journey through this life. What we see, what we do, will have its impact here. It will have its impact on eternity. But it's that Im- impact on eternity that we want to stress in a life that we live There's a victory, and we need to be ready for that victory that may come. It's been said that he who, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep in order to gain that which is eternal. No problem to give up what you cannot keep. People will fight to keep things, and they they do not. We live in a world, again, just look around and see. We live in a world that wants peace, they say. We live in a world that wants to be able to live a life free of 
persecution, we say. And when it comes, then we worry about it or struggle over it. But everything we see in the physical realm is one day going to be gone. That's what Paul is telling the Corinthians. Put your faith, your hope in God. Serve Him. Be not moved away from that. Regardless of what Satan tries to do, we need to be convinced that God is and that there is an ultimate victory for those that are faithful to God. And to recognize that we do indeed have a loving family. Again, Paul, as he's writing to the Corinthians in that first letter, again in chapter 1, just spend some time looking at it. Verse 2 and following. Of who we are. The church of God, sanctified in Christ, called to be saints, with every, those in every place who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to us, peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we need to spend a little time on that peace that God gives. Understand who He is. Understand what He did for you as an individual. Understand the care and the watch that He has over you as you live here in this physical world. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you be enriched in everything by Him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, that so that you may come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. They had the spiritual gifts there, but the talents that He gives... But we're eagerly waiting for to receive that eternal gift. That's why we sing songs. But there, there's a mansion just over the hilltop. I'm looking for that mansion. That one day that will be ours. And understand, again, as we look at our lives, sometimes we've used, or I've heard individuals use the expression, I just, I just want to get inside the gate. I just barely want to get inside. That's all I'm looking forward to. I don't have to have the full interest to it. No one goes into heaven by the skin of their teeth. They go in by the full grace of God, who has called them to be his children. And Peter would tell us in 1 Peter Chapter, chapter, the second letter of Peter and, and verses one through and five through following, of what we call the Christian graces. But it goes on to tell us that that way to heaven will be abundantly supplied unto you who are striving to be Godlike in the life that you live, adding to these graces and growing as God would have us to grow. The way is abundantly supplied for us. We have that hope. We have a loving family. Every once in a while when Bill White's able to be here, he reminds me of that fact. He says, you know, we need to look around one another. We need to see each other. And we need to see, you know, do I really want to spend or do I realize that we will spend eternity together? Although you cannot spend eternity. There is no end to it but that we will eternally be with God. How much do we cherish each other here? 
How much do we value the friendship, the brotherhood, the family that is here? That we would want to continually want to be a part of that. So that indeed one time that we could have that fellowship with him. To know that as we serve God, as Paul is writing to the Corinthians, he keeps bringing them back to a basic foundation. It's based upon what Christ has done for us and his sacrifice. It's based upon what God has done for us and the calling of us through his son, Jesus Christ. To wash us in, to wash us in his blood, to wash away our sins. To be able to call us saints, sanctified, set apart for the, ser- the service of God. That we have a solid foundation. It's not based on us individually. It's not based on what we do individually, if you will. What we have is because of who God is. And that we responded to what God has already done. And that what he wants to do for those that we reach out to and trying to encourage them to be also a part of the family of God. Go back to the first part of chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians. This is the gospel. This the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. That it was done for all. And all have that opportunity. The sad news is not all will accept it. Sad news is those who have accepted it sometimes will then be willing to forfeit it and lie to what they see here. And ours is to keep the focus. Be steadfast, unmovable. Enjoy this solid and stable foundation that we have. And let it not, let Satan not move you away from what we have in God. It's amazing how he can do that. It's amazing as we watch family grow, family grow and see children as they begin to grow and mature along the way. For those of us who, well, I was going to say be blessed by having a large family, sometimes we might not consider it being a blessing of having a large family. But those who have, understand as you were growing up of the joy that was involved in that. Uh, loved hearing the Sanchez family talk about making the trip down to Mexico every once in a while in the vehicle and, and the number that they had in the vehicle uh, and, and to hear what was going on that way. And Brother Sanchez, who, uh, as I and some others do, when you traveled, you traveled until you needed gas. And then you stopped, you got gas, took care of every other business that needed to be taken care of. You got back in the car and you went on until the next time you needed gas. And that was just part of how they traveled. <clears throat> but not always interesting. There was eight of us and mom and dad, and we have ten people in the car, uh, and you know, not designed to hold that many people, long before the days of seatbelts and those requirements. You know, you're touching me. You're in my space. Whatever else was involved. But then as you grow, as you grow, you've learned to love each other. And you learn to cherish each other. And then there's a bond there because you've worked through some problems. You learn to stay together. 
And that's the way it is to be spiritually as well. We're all at one level or another of, of growth. One level or another of maturity. Babes, children, young adults, older adults, older adults, wherever that may be. And we learn to work with each other. And we find that as we do stay together, that opportunities to work through problems are, will be taken care of. Again, Paul addressing the Corinthians. Again, as you read that first letter, it's amazing to me. Him knowing all of what they were facing. It's been reported to me by the house of Chloe. Here's what's going on there. Here's some things that you've written to me, some questions that you've had concerning what's going on there in Corinth. Knowing all of that, knowing the difficulties that were there, knowing the struggles that they were going through, even as he writes in 1 Corinthians 15, of some denying the resurrection, he addresses them as the church of God. Understand who you are. We're not a physical collection of human beings who have gathered together at a specific time to go through the worship service. We are the spiritual body of Christ that are bound together to each other by the blood that Jesus shed upon that cross. And there is a unity that is to be there in order to be pleasing to God. There's a body that is to stay together, the spiritual body that is to stay together because it's God's. It belongs to Him. And we desire to do those things that are pleasing to Him. And that we have an ongoing purpose. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always finding those opportunities for service. And they're done in a variety of different ways. Again, we will never know what it is that is being done for the cause of Christ. But understand there's a lot being done for the cause of Christ. Working for the Lord. We'll never fully know how many hours have been spent in prayer by brothers and sisters in Christ for the body of Christ. Never know all the things that have been done, the little things along the way, the encouragement that is given. Because it's not done to receive the notice. It's done because that's the kind thing to do. It's done because that's what God wants us to do. It's done because that's the way we would want to be treated. And so we work together and we understand that there is an ongoing process and a purpose for us. Sometimes we may not know what it is. Sometimes the hardest things is learning the lessons the hard way. One of the hardest things at the time was to watch my mother be attacked by Alzheimer's disease to where she didn't know who you were or who we were and wondering about the purpose for all of that. 
What's the purpose? The purpose. She is family. And family cares for one another. There's a purpose. We live in a society that is moving away from that. We already know that to be true. It's been going on for years. We already are finding and hearing of those who are terminating, those who have no purpose in society, the aged. We've already expressed our purpose that babies are not of, of importance until at least they're born. And any time before that, that can be terminated. We're moving towards the time, and it's not that far off, more than likely, as things continue to go the way they are. But there'll be a time limit or a grace period given to those having children. You've got three years to determine whether you want that child or not. Where does that come from? Where is the compassion? Where is the understanding that we're not on our own, that we do need each other, that we are dependent upon each other. And to know that, above all, God cares for every soul that is here. God's desire, because he sent his Son, is that every soul would have an opportunity to hear and to respond to that message of salvation. To, to know and to realize that we live and we serve, we encourage one another, we uphold one another, because there is a sure reward for those that are faithful, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It does not matter whether any human being understands what you've done. Doesn't matter if any human being understands or sees what you do. God knows. And God cares. And God watches over his people. God sustains them, strengthens them. Because without him, where would we be? Without him, what would we be doing? But the things that the world does who have no hope and who have no purpose to life. Sad commentary again on our society is to read about or hear about the increase in the number of teenagers who are making suicide pacts, promising to kill themselves at one time or another. Where's the hope? They don't see any hope. They've seen none expressed. They've seen no compassion expressed. We're reminded that again, the church is like a city set on a hill whose light cannot be hidden. A city that's set on a hill, one that you can see at a great distance. A city that is set on a hill that reminds you 
that those that are in the darkness can see the city from a greater distance than you as the city and you as the light can see into the darkness. There's more people watching you than you realize. You look out in the darkness, you do not see them. But they're watching. You reminded of that periodically. And when we first got here, Bill White reminded me of that as well. He said, if you get over in Dallas and you're over there in the evening time and you get ready to come home and you cannot remember which way you go, he said, look for the towers. And just look for the towers. Head for those towers. You can see those a great distance. And you just follow the towers. You ever watch those towers and come down Lake Ridge Road? You see those towers and as you're driving down, you know, they're way over here and you're headed this way. And you know, if you've done it, you know if you stay on the road what's going to happen. You're going to pass the towers on this side. (laughs) You just head that direction and, and stay on the path or on the road and you will reach your destination. Do we have our focus where it needs to be? Is it on God? Is it on heaven? Is it on eternity with him? I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. Am I moving in that direction? Am I listening to the words of the invitation song? The sweet, sweet will of God. How precious indeed is it that sweet will that he has to offer to us. Will we listen to his will? Will we make the surrender in our life? Will we seek his will in all that we do? It may be to become a Christian. It may be to renew that life in Christ Jesus again. That as we encourage one another, as we teach and we admonish one another, and singing this invitation song, the sweet, sweet will of God. If you need to make a change in your life, if we could assist you, if we could help you in that decision, indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.